0: Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. In the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities and some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Excited to have an amazing guest on the show today. This is David Cohen with another episode of the Give First podcast. We have James Oliver Jr. He is an amazing entrepreneur, author, and has gotten much more into philanthropy. Welcome, James.
1: Hey, David. So excited to be with you.
0: So I first met you, I don't know how many years ago it was, but a lot of years ago. I guess met you as a euphemism, uh, online you were building this company, We Montage. So give us a little bit of your background, let people get to know you a little bit.
1: Yeah. Can I say that the way you met us, I think is perfect for this podcast because I was going through a Generator Startup Accelerator cohort in Madison, Wisconsin. And I think we were the second cohort. So Generator was, <laughs> they were just a snot-nosed, ragtag <laughs> bunch, right? But because you and Brad believe in building community and Startup community, you guys showed up and did a Google Hangout for us, both of you. That's how I met you, and over the years I just stayed in touch, and here we are. But to answer your question, so at the time I was building WeMontage, and uh, WeMontage.com is the world's only website that will let you turn your digital images into peel-and-stick photo
0: wallpaper, and super cool product. And I remember doing that that session with Brad uh, for the Generator Accelerator, and. It was a great group, I thought, of entrepreneurs. They all asked a bunch of good questions. I think we hung out for an hour and a half or something and just chatted. And yeah, we just stayed in touch by email. So it's a good example of even though, I mean, technically you could say Generator is a competitor to Techstars, but we, we just don't really look at the world that way, right? Whether something we can help entrepreneurs with, we want to give first and be helpful. So that's, exactly. that is how we met. What happened with We Montage over the years? How's that going?
1: It's still around. It's still a brilliant product. I kind of half-jokingly say this, but you might not think it's funny at all because you have a unique perspective on these things. But I feel like we raised just enough money to fail.
0: (laughs) Say more, say more.
1: So we created this algorithm for collage editing, a collage editor, a builder. And it was cute for an MVP, right, to show to potential investors. But when we turned the thing on on, it was so unstable couldn't hold these people's hands. I had to hold hands to get them to be able to place an order. And obviously that's not sustainable. So we made the decision to pull it apart, not to get rid of it, but to fix it, to stabilize it, to make it modular. And by the time we got done doing that, we were basically out of money. And our guys were like, yeah, we're not gonna throw good money after bad. I'm like, oh great. You know, we have a today show appearance in like three weeks. Awesome. <laughs> I still think I can get it to twenty million dollars a year in sales and sell it for fifty million bucks. You know, I know in the space that you play, in, that's not a lot of money. But for me, I own half the company, man. That's twenty-five million dollars potentially. That that leaves a legacy for my kids and my grandkids, and that's not nothing to me.
0: I don't know what space you think I plan. That's a lot of money, so I, I, <laughs> and I believe you'll do it. Especially, like you said, when you own so much of it, right? You know, it's not like you own five percent of it; you own oh, a big chunk of it, so it's huge. I do, so I
1: promise you, David, it's going to happen. I promise you,
0: You might get it done. I would not doubt it, and I believe you are persistent. I've had that experience myself. I wanna talk about the Parentpreneur Foundation, which uh, we've gotten a little bit involved in through the Techstars Foundation, but maybe before we get to that really exciting nonprofit that I want people to really understand because it's amazingly powerful and it's getting a lot of traction. You also wrote a book in there somewhere in the middle, right? Talk about that for a minute. So
1: after I started the business, I started a blog and I know I would eventually use that content as inspiration for a book. And so I wrote this book called The More You Hustle, The Luckier You Get, You Can Be a Successful Parentpreneur. And I self-published it in 2017. And I wrote that book to inspire the millions of parentpreneurs around the world to be the best parent and entrepreneur possible. And it was fascinating because some people have said that this is the realest book about entrepreneurship they've ever read. And you know, Brad... Bought it. He read it. And I got an email from him out the blue. He said, man, I read your book. I loved it. (laughs) And he featured it on his blog.
0: Yeah. My co-founder, co-host, Brad Feld, I think you're referring to. And yeah, when Brad posts, it goes places. So I imagine that helps sales a little bit.
1: Yeah, we're getting sales from Japan, Australia, all over the place. It was awesome.
0: And that term that you use in that book, parentpreneur, where, where did that come from? You guys make that up? And how did that come to be?
1: I think that kind of made it up.
0: Just like most things entrepreneurs do. You just made it up.
1: I mean, it's floating around out there in other places. I've seen it, but yeah, it's parentpreneur. But as I said, I got my business on a Today Show three times. Good Morning America, Money Magazine, Martha Stewart's blog, DIY Network, on and on and on. Like, these are all things that I did without the help of a publicist. So I understand that if you want to get attention, you know, you have to be unique and remarkable. And it also helps when you're trying to get domain names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about this. I mean, coming from that name, right? You created this foundation called the Parent Printer Foundation. Talk about what it is. It's super give first. I want people to know what it is and how they can contribute to it. So let's make sure they understand what it is.
1: After I wrote the book in 2017, I decided, as I mentioned, I'm going to sell this business one of these days. and I was going to take a million dollars of my own money to seed the foundation. And it was back in March, it was the beginning of COVID and everybody was freaking out. And I understand that within every crisis exists opportunity. So I was just like, okay, God, where is the opportunity here? Because I know it's here somewhere. So I was looking for it, and I was listening for it. And I had a chance coffee meeting with a few acquaintances, and I told them that story. And they said, "Well, uh, why don't you do it now?" And I was like, "Holy crap!" I thought that was the inspiration I was looking for. It's like, all right, I hear you, God. Like, yes, do it now. And you know, I'm crazy, man. I'm writing articles. I'm like, I'm starting a foundation, we're giving away ten thousand dollars a year to all pamper doors around the world. I had no idea how I was gonna get any of that done, David. In fact I reached out to you and Brad and uh you guys were like, Yeah, I don't know, it's hard to do a foundation. And look, you're not wrong, right? It was hard, but for me, the way I grew up, you know, I've had to scrap and scrape for every single blade of grass on the field of life. So Something being hard, that's not a reason to not do it for me. So then the world changed. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, all these things happened. And I had my own personal Karen encounter here in my subdivision, women terrorizing me, twice. I had to call the police on her to file a trespass warrant. I was scared to go in my own backyard. Thankfully, she moved. And then I started looking at the data, David. I'm looking at the median white versus black family wealth and some Fed Reserve chart 2016. It was 10x white median wealth compared to black median wealth. So I looked at all those things and I said, you know what, man, screw this. This foundation is going to be for black people. Then out the blue, I got an email from Brad. This is the time when Brad was reaching out to some of his black friends. And it just had a subject. This was amazing. It just said, Game for a 30-minute Zoom call? It's completely out of the blue, David. And I've never talked to Brad on the phone or on the Zoom, with the exception of when we met. And I'm looking around like, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely, I want to talk to you. So I was like, was there something in the body of the email that I missed? Because I don't see anything. And he's like, yeah, no. I got two questions for you. He said, what two things are you working on addressing racial injustice and inequality I can put my time, money, or attention to? And I'm like, oh, wow. Holy crap. So we hop on a Zoom. I told him that the same foundation we were chopping it up about over email was now for black parapreneurs. He was very excited about that. He was like, perfect. This is amazing. This is Brad. This is give first all day right here. He goes, why don't you throw up a 12 month operating plan in a Google Doc and I'll co-create it with you. David,
0: David. (laughs) That's cool. His brain on it, I imagine was helpful too.
1: Listen, yes. I almost fell out my chair. I'm like, uh, yeah. So the next day I had that to him, of course, right? And then he's like, this is great. He said, what would a six-month plan look like? Got that right back to him. And he said, assume three things, uh, one of which is a $50,000 seed grant to get this thing started. The rest is history, dude. I talked to him last week. and I said, Brad, I love you like a fat kid loves cake, man.
0: <laughs> and so from there, I know we got involved a little bit with that sort of lead grant through the Techstars Foundation, which if you're listening, you don't know about that you know, we have a program called Accelerate Equity. Well, maybe you could tell them about it because you've experienced it now, James.
1: Yes, I have. That was the first 50. And that was intended to last six months. And that's exactly what it did. And within three months of getting the grant, I took $50,000. We created $200,000 of value for members in the community, which I, I I think that's just remarkable. So Brad's doubled down. Like he sent us another $50,000. You know, we're now going to be participating in the Techstars Foundation Accelerate Equity Program. Do we have a date or not yet? Is that going to be Q2?
0: It's out there. People can read about it at techstars.org. The way it works is when you get a lead grant like that from anybody, right, instead of just sending it right to you, they can sort of amplify it through the Techstars Foundation. So we add our own match to it, which is 5% just off the bat. But we also amplify that fundraising opportunity across our 8,000 mentors and 5,000, 6,000 alumni companies, founders, things like that, so that we try to bring more capital behind that inspirational lead grant that someone like Brad makes. And then we work with that nonprofit for a year, sort of trying to help them with our network in any way that we can to get them going.
1: That's right. And, and it's that last piece. Yeah, the money is great. Obviously, it matters. It matters. But it's that last piece that's as valuable, potentially more valuable in terms of the resources that are brought to bear. Because as we were just saying, I'm at a place now where you know, for the last six months or so, I've been treating the foundation like an MVF, a minimum viable foundation.
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: right? And I had this hypothesis that Black parentpreneurs was a thing and that it had its own set of challenges and issues and a need for a safe space and community. And, you know, our mission is to empower them so they can leave a legacy for their children. And Why does that matter? Because it goes back to the wealth inequality gap we were talking about earlier. So it, it matters. I validated it. We have over a thousand people in the community now. We're 17x the size we were in August when we spun this thing up into July. Our community metrics are all excellent. We're on using the Mighty Networks platform, which is great. I'm just so excited about that platform, mostly because it's not on Facebook. It's so good. So now that I've validated this thing, and we're part of the Techstars Foundation, and we're going to be raising more money and increasing our social capital, it's time for us to think about how do we scale this thing up. Like, how do we truly have global impact? I'm so excited today. We had our first person join our community. She's in Nigeria. Right. Nice. We have. I got people in the UK, Canada, the Virgin Islands. We have one sister in our community. She's in St. Thomas. She is designing the curriculum for that new Apple Entrepreneurship Center here in Atlanta that is part of HBCU community. She's in our community.
0: That's cool. Yeah, word is spreading. Going
1: yeah, around the world. Yeah. I got somebody from Australia. So how can we scale that up and have global impact? And what are the needs of the people? Because there's some problems for Black entrepreneurs that I think are pervasive. And they're not geographically specific, if you will but there are gonna be some unique challenges. And so how do we figure out who these people are, where they are, what their needs are, how do we create these subgroups for them and create these spaces for them and bring to bear some resources to to execute against the mission, which is to not just help them leave a legacy for their children, but on the way to doing that, help them be a better parent, be a better entrepreneur, raise delightful children, be a better spouse or partner. You know, We're really looking holistically at these people and not just saying, you know, here's a couple dollars because we're not the Bill Gates foundation. We can't throw enough money at these people's money problems, you know.
0: Well, one of the things I love about it that really struck me is when you make a grant, right, to an entrepreneur who's a parentpreneur.
1: Yeah.
0: You give them that grant. I think you're doing thousand dollar grants right now, is that right?
1: For now, hopefully more soon. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you don't really care what they use it for. You're not prescriptive in it. Like you just do what you need to do to keep doing what you do, right? That's the idea.
1: That's it. If Listen, if you and the wife, your situation on the rocks, you need to take a vacation, like go do that. Go get right with your wife with your husband, right? If you need to buy diapers, go buy diapers. If you need to finish your MVP, finish your MVP. I don't care what you need to do. I just need you to know, like, I see you, I feel you, I got you. I'm here to inspire you to keep going because I know how incredibly hard it is to be a parent and an entrepreneur, and not for nothing, David. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that We Montage would have blown up already if I were white, it's harder being an entrepreneur when you're black. It just is,
0: no doubt. And I think if people are listening and they're saying, you know, this is cool, how do I get involved? You know, we're recording this in a moment. We're just just yesterday, Mark Suster, who's, who's a VC. Tossed out, uh, you know, a little tweet about the foundation that you built, Parent Printer Foundation, and said he'll match five grand. I don't know if that's still active when people listen to this, but I, right after it, I said, you know, I'll, I'll do the next five grand. So hope that inspires people to take advantage of the matches that are out there and give to the foundation, get involved with the foundation? How do they do that if they want to get involved? You
1: simply visit parentpreneurfoundation.org. There's a donate button. I mean, at least once a week, someone slides in my DMs, hey, like, how can I help? For example, I just talked to an attorney two weeks ago, and a week later, he opened up his calendar for 30-minute free consultations for five people every single month. You know, one of the women in our community, after she got the phone with him, she called me and she was like, "Oh my god! Like, thank you so much. This was so incredibly helpful." So we did that. You know, we have these programs that we're bringing to bear in 2021. I'm very excited about from paying for virtual assistants, paying for babysitters, paying for more therapy. We paid for therapy for 15 more members of our community last week. So if there's some specific programs you're working on, if you want to sponsor a program, we need developers who, if you work at a dev shop that has some time, you can donate some dev time. We have people that have projects, but they don't have the money to pay for a developer. If you could donate some dev time, that would be great. Like We can be as creative as we want to be with providing solutions for these people and inspiring them to keep going and keep their mind right and just be great parents and partners and entrepreneurs and great, remarkable humans.
0: If you want to get involved, you can just reach out to me or Brad, if you know Brad, or just reach out right to James or just head to the website and check it out and get involved that way. It's an amazing organization that you've started. I'm sure you're just getting going with it, and we're thrilled to be a tiny part of helping support it. So thanks for allowing us to do that, and congrats on getting it going. I want to switch gears, talk about the ATL a little bit, the startup scene in Atlanta we have an accelerator or two there now. You know, there's some good corporations like Cox that are really contributing to the community there. A lot going on. We're hearing a lot about Miami, a little competition down there. Uh, <laughs> right, the right, right, But what's happening in Atlanta? What's going on with the startup community there?
1: Atlanta is remarkable. It has a burgeoning entrepreneurial ecosystem. I know a lot of entrepreneurs complain about a dearth of capital. I don't know how true a Not true that is because I haven't tried to raise capital here, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs from social entrepreneurs. They run the gamut and there's a lot of energy here. I mean, Atlanta Tech Village is amazing here. Like you said, Techstars is here. I mean, I know David Payne when he worked over at Switchyards. I pitched for the consumer show for WeMontage. That's when I met David. And Barry Gibbons runs the social Techstars organization. I know Barry a little bit because he's also worked for Collab Capital. I was doing some stuff with those guys for a minute. So, I mean, it's small. I mean, it's a big, small city. Everybody knows everybody.
0: I spent some time there, and it, geographically, it's a big city. And I, I don't know when they're ever going to finish with the construction ever since I was a kid, been going on. But it feels like the sort community is getting more organized and louder and lots of more interesting stuff's coming out of there. But I'm sure when you're in it, it still feels small.
1: It is small. And I'm very keen to partner with some of the people here in Atlanta. And, you know, we could do some creative things. You know, people in Atlanta tend to want to focus on Atlanta, which, I mean, I get that. You know, my focus is global, but there's still opportunity to do that. If you want to do something specific to Atlanta, black for Atlanta Black parentpreneurs, I mean, we could easily spin that up. And the Mighty Networks have the flexibility to create these subgroups. We could do some things that way. Whatever people want to do, like I'm game to do it. There's so many Black parent, and entrepreneurs here in
0: Atlanta, I would love to do it. Well, hopefully somebody's listening. I don't know if it's going to be the folks at Cox Communications or over at MailChimp, Georgia Pacific, NCR, you know, lots of great companies there that I'm sure would want to get involved with what you're doing. hundred percent. So James, one question I have is obviously there's tons of data about how it's difficult for black entrepreneurs to raise capital, right? Almost none of the capital in the VC market, for example, goes to black entrepreneurs. But other than that problem... What are some of the other kind of systemic problems that you've seen?
1: One thing I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but I think is as problematic, and in some ways it's actually more problematic, is a lack of social capital. So why does that matter? It matters because a lack of social capital, I believe, keeps these Black entrepreneurs from executing on their would-be good ideas, simply because we don't have the relationships to do what we need to do. And more importantly, and more insidious than that problem, I think, is it keeps us from imagining what's possible because we have no idea what's going on. And the problem with that is our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren deserve better. From us, and we have got to do better so social capital is something I'm huge on that we do some things with a LinkedIn consulting to help people level up their LinkedIn skills using that platform for social networking and social capital and I provide access to people I love what you posted the other day your through engagement right? engage I man I love that when you saw that and if, if you would be willing David like I would love to have you come into the community and just do a webinar. Let's just talk about some stuff just so people can get access to you. I think that would be enormous.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially right now when I haven't traveled in a year, but I'm more available and I have more time to give when I can't travel. Right. So it's pretty easy to show up to something virtually. But I too, even the introvert, would like to get back to the normal world. Speaking of social capital, something happened to me on Twitter. I don't, I don't name names or sort of point at it, but I was sharing an opportunity for black entrepreneurs and somebody responded to that and said, I just wish they'd make that opportunity available for all entrepreneurs. Why does it have to be about race? And my reaction to it was, first of all, I'm just sharing an opportunity for entrepreneurs as my people, right? Some of them happen to be black, but it's not that I'm only sharing an opportunity for black people. But you know what? Okay, maybe we need more opportunity for black people who've been disadvantaged. I think that's true. And I was kind of shocked by that feedback right it's like well is that somehow racist in itself and that it's only offered to black people i'm sure you've had that question
1: my answer to that is shut the fuck up excuse my french let's go back to the wealth inequality chart right you look at that chart and it's 10x white people compared to black people and here's the thing that really sticks sticks in my craw the 75th percentile for black people these are the well-to-do black people right They're doing better than 75% of the rest of the, the black community. That line is still well below the 50th percentile for the white family wealth. So my answer to them is when those lines are in the same spot or begin to cross, sure, we can have that conversation all day.
0: Yeah, and I'll be honest, that was sort of my reaction, but I'm not a fight picker, right? But I feel like maybe I should pick a fight when somebody says that.
1: Yeah, you should.
0: I think that... There is a historical disadvantage, right? That's pretty obvious for certain people. And while everybody needs help, lots of people are doing things for lots of groups. So this is one that's targeted and targeted in an area of need and an area that should be targeted. And uh, yeah, I don't understand why someone would say, well, just because of that, that somehow it's not good.
1: And I got to tell you, David, like I'm very polite. I'm more patient than I used to be. Being from New York, patience is not my strongest virtue or attribute. But I am absolutely impatient right now when it comes to things like that, because I feel like Black folks, we've been waiting for 400 years, and when people, like especially now, are dragging their feet, you know, there's all this enthusiasm around, let's help Black entrepreneurs, let's help Black entrepreneurs, but I, I sort of feel like, in some cases, people are kind of going back to, you know, the crickets is back, you know, the crickets, and the ghosting it's back. and. I don't have a lot of patience for that. If you're out here talking about you are doing X, but you're dragging your feet about it as it relates to helping you know, black entrepreneurs, like, all the courtesy goes out the window for me. I'm like, either like shit or get off the pot. Like I, I am done waiting for people to help. I'm done with it.
0: I think we're gonna title this episode, shit or get off the pot, I like that. <laughs> No, no. I, that was one of my favorite phrases when I was a kid. But look, I think this, what you said earlier really matters, right? I think people sometimes hear this as like, you have your hand out and you want money, but it's more than money, right? It's like, you can promote what you're doing. You can show up and contribute services, That's it. right? Software. That's it. Like what can you do? It's not, it's not a contest, right? It's just, oh, can you help in some way?
1: Yeah. Can you amplify? Can you make an introduction? You know, I love. Like Brad said, when we talked about we Montage when I first talked to him. He said, I will help you open some of those doors you've been knocking on. And I'm like, I put a pin in that because I'm going to turn my attention to that later this year a little bit and come back to him about that.
0: We'll switch to wrap it up here with the rapid fire, a little tradition that we have. I'll ask you some questions, give me like Twitter length, pretty quick answers, and we'll kind of rapid fire them. But Any uh, great book that you've come across recently, other than your own, of course, you think would help entrepreneurs?
1: Oh, man. I just finished listening to Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Wow.
0: What's the biggest thing you learned there? I mean, I just got to do better. (laughs) That's what you learned?
1: I took the assessment. My overall score was like high 80s, which is above average.
0: You just got to do better because that's what I got to do
1: better. Yeah. I just, you know, in terms of self-awareness, I have to do better. And baby steps, right? And because I know I have to do better, those areas of improvement where I would not be doing so great And when it's happening now, I'm like, I'm aware. And that's the major first step, right?
0: Totally. How about somewhere, anywhere in the world you've been that you think people should check out that you love?
1: Oh man. So I finished up my MBA. I went to Chapel Hill for business school and I finished up my MBA in Barcelona and man, I love Barcelona. Oh, nice.
0: That is nice. I got to go there once. Usually we ask about a charity that you think people should check out, but I'm just going to point them again, Parentpreneur Foundation. You could totally check it out. Correct. And if you could have dinner, James, with any person in the world, whether or not they're still alive or now dead, who would that be? Who would you want to have dinner with? And This is totally not butt
1: kissing, but I would love to have dinner with you and Brad, just the three of us. Well,
0: let's make it happen. I really appreciate you being on the show and I appreciate appreciate everything you're doing Whenever we can get on planes again and travel, uh, we'll be in Atlanta. We'll make it happen. Or you can even come visit Colorado sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Parentpreneur Foundation, James Oliver, Jr., thanks for joining us. Thanks for being such a good first spirit in the world and inspiring other people to be in the 99th percentile of persistence like you are. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one. And reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, Give First.